Welcome to SIN 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Hello, this is Kevin Miller. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, your voice is not as deep today, sir. (laughs) No, it's not. This is not Kevin Miller. This is Sarah Marie Maine with Matt Hall. How are you doing today, Matt? I am doing fantastic. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you. Yeah. So for those of you who are newer to the podcast, you might not know me. Those of you who have been with us since the beginning, since the first season, you might recognize my voice. I was producer on the first season. Yeah. And it was fun. And you guys have been going. You're getting close to 100 episodes. Yeah, I think we're 96 episodes in. That's That's, crazy. I never thought that we would go that far. I don't see any end. This is... uh... This is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And so much of what you built, like we still lean on. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's been great to be a a part of it. And I am here today because Kevin is currently on vacation. I don't know where he is, what he's doing. But uh, he called me last week and he was like, Sarah, I need a show. Can you come in and host? And I was like, sure, I'll I'll come in. And then we had a hurricane. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you survived. (laughs) Yes, me too. It's good to see you're okay in one piece. What did you do, Matt, during the hurricane? Oh, I, I buckled down. No, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Boarded the walls. Yeah, oh and yeah, we windows. taped everything up, and no, but some people did. Some, some people, people did. did, and Home Depot was like crazy full, and yeah, I don't know. I just worked. We were driving back from LA right when the storm started. So okay, it wasn't that cool. Bad. So you made it out. Everything yep. was good. Yep. Yeah, I buckled. No, I didn't buckle no. down either. <laughs> I went to brunch and I went shopping Ooh. with our guest today. Sarah Roberts. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yeah, we chose of all the days <laughs> to go shopping and go to brunch on a hurricane. We're like, it's fine. We'll just yeah. ride it out like that. <laughs> yeah, we were going to go parasailing at first, but... It would have been a great story for the future. It would have. Yeah. But we felt that was probably not the best idea. Maybe not. We are like, we could be on the news for dying, but we do living, so... Yeah, well, we couldn't yeah. have done the podcast if we had died. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we made it. We're here today. Praise God. <laughs> Yes. And Sarah, uh, just to give you some context on her. So one, she's my best friend. She's my non-biological sister. I'm just going to start saying that now. I love it. (laughs) It makes sense. Okay. Don't think too hard about it. But I'm really excited that you're here, Sarah, because you are just... I could gush about you for a long Uh, time because I love you so much. I love you too. Wow. (laughs) The circle of love. <laughs> yes. But you really are a, just a very thoughtful person towards people and towards the way that you approach life, the way you approach the Lord. You're a grower. I've known you for a long time and uh, since you were 18 and all that. And I've seen you grow just so much every year in the Lord as a person. You're a learner. You love to learn in all things. And you are so passionate which is amazing. And you're a person that carries deep conviction. I'm so excited for you to share a little bit about your walk with the Lord and your time through college and just sharing the Lord. And I love that. And so I love that we get to do this together. Hopefully it's the first podcast we do of many (laughs) together. Yeah. Yeah. I want to start with you grown up in Foothills for the most part. Um, Foothills is the church that our podcast comes out of for those that are listening in various places. 
Um, but yeah, let's start where we usually do. What is your journey with God, your testimony, your story there? I think I would probably start with Christmas Eve back in 2003. So just place yourself, Christmas Eve, it smells like pine and family is around you and it just it's nice and cozy. I was listening to Oh Holy Night and I just felt this heavy presence upon me like the heaviest like in a very light way like i just felt so in awe of jesus Mm. and when i was listening to the song i began sobbing Mm -hmm. the funny thing is though is that i was listening to the song on my mom's boom box thing with headphones on so my mom and dad were like making cookies and all these things and i was just (laughs) sobbing and they were having a great time so there was just no like connection between the two and my mom was like what's going on i'm like i just love jesus so much (laughs) I grew up going to church, grew up in Christian school by the grace of God. My Mm -hmm. parents, we weren't able to afford private tuition, and every single time they were concerned about what was going to happen, the Lord came through in some random but not random way, and I was blessed to go to a Christian school my whole entire life up until college, which I started going to the local junior college or community college. And that is really where I had a rude awakening or like almost a plunge into Mm -hmm. just secularism and a complete 180 of what I was familiar with. And so it felt like I was just struggling to swim um, Mm -hmm. because everything around me was different from the way people dressed, acted. Like I remember being on my first day at the college and I was like, okay, when are we going to (laughs) pray? That's so neat. Because every class that I grew up in was like, okay, we pray before we start. And so being in those spaces, it really challenged me. The last six plus years I've been in higher education, started at community college, I went to SDSU and I got my bachelor's and then I got my master's and I just graduated earlier this year. Yes, yeah, and I'm very glad to have had that chapter a part of my life, but I'm very glad that it's it's closed and I'm able to move on. But yeah, I've been seeped in the church since I was young and it's been a really cool blessing to have that, to have like parents that yeah. value that because I know that's not everybody's story. I feel like some ways we have similar testimonies in that because I think, yeah, I grew up in Christian school as well. We went to the same high school, different time frames. But and then, yeah, when I, I remember going into community college as well and just being like, oh, OK, <laughs> this yeah. is different. Growing up in the church, you know, the the podcast we we love to talk about, like, how do we share our faith effectively and all that Growing up in the church, there's a lot of different ideas and ways that we're taught things and perspectives that we're given. And I think, especially when we're young, you know, we're just developing and getting these ideas. So we kind of form them in in weird and interesting ways. And then we kind of grow and hopefully mature and start to form better, wiser, you know, we understand more, see more. But how did you see like evangelism as you were growing up? That is a fantastic question. So the very first person in thought that comes to mind is Billy Graham. And my mom used to have, I forgot what channel it was when we had cable, but there would always be like a Billy Graham or a David Jeremiah sermon going on. um, And I just remember thinking like, okay, that is what I have to do in order. I have to find a stage somewhere and then find a pulpit (laughs) and then just start talking and the crowds will just automatically be there. (laughs) And that's really been my first, I would say, 
acquaintance with evangelism. I don't really think I heard the word evangelism. I heard mm-hmm. it as um, sharing Jesus with somebody as a kid. I think that was an easier concept for me to understand. And I think it's a great way to teach children too, because I think evangelism has a very ambiguous connotation for a lot of people. So I, I would say watching preachers who are just preaching to the masses is what my experience is with evangelism. But when I got older, when I was around 12, that's actually when I shared Jesus with mm-hmm. um, somebody for the first time. So cool. I know you and I both went to Fiddles High School. Do you remember Mr. Newkirk? Yes. Love Mr. Yes. Newkirk. Yeah. That man had so much influence on my walk with the Lord. And it was just, it was so cool to learn from him. And what was crazy is when I was 12, my teacher at the time, or not my teacher, a past teacher took me and my mom to go feed the homeless. And so it was a homeless Mm -hmm. ministry that Mr. Newkirk ran. He still might run it. I'm not sure, Mm -hmm. but we met a man and he wanted someone to pray with him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, one of the adults will pray over him (laughs) or for him. Not me. And I was like, I'm just a kid. I'm just here (laughs) passing out crackers and things like that. But the man would not want anybody to pray over him. And Mm -hmm. he asked my mom if it was okay if I prayed for him. And I was like, what? What does that what what do you mean? And I was like, I'm just a kid. This is not something that I do. I'm not an expert. Yeah. It's my stage. Yeah, like, where's my stage to work? It wasn't. Can you call five thousand people, please, really quickly? And I wish I remember the prayer. I don't, but I remember praying over him in his I think his health, maybe, or just for him to know Jesus. Something of that nature. I don't remember the details of it. But it was super cool because the following weeks and months that we continued to go back to that same spot and meet with him, um, he would just tell us about how he loves Jesus and how prayer is a part of his life because he became a person that was pretty influential for the homeless ministry. So after that, like, how did that experience shift you from the kind of like, where's my pulpit to a little bit more personal type of evangelism? That's a great question. I think... It shifted once I realized that there was never a pulpit and mass crowd (laughs) coming to see me or waiting for me. What's really been humbling through the whole entire process of just going deeper in my walk with the Lord for the past five to seven years is that I have realized how personal people want to have a conversation be and leveling with where they're at. And if you think about it, every single time Jesus met with somebody who he was after, like when he was after their heart and trying to tell them the truth, because he Mm -hmm. is truth, he met them where they were at. And I know that's a popular Christianese saying, but that doesn't mean he left them where they were at, but he just talked to them like they were a friend. He wasn't above them. He wasn't below them. Mm -hmm. He was just leveling with them. And that has been something that has served me well. And I think a practical example that looks like that is actually funny enough today when I was at the park while I was nannying earlier, this lady was with her son and she was talking to this other mom and she was asking her about how to make Filipino food, I think, or something <laughs> like that, because her husband really loves Filipino food. And I was telling her, hey, you should check out these restaurants. So and she goes, oh yeah, I'm just trying to find recipes because I have to save up money so that we can afford groceries. And I was telling her, well, hey, like, what are you, what work are you looking for? And she goes, oh, babysitting. I'm like, oh, you should check out these people here or check out this group here. There's a lot of great resources actually for young families Mm. if you're interested at Foothills, which is a church that I go to. And that led to a conversation that was a lot more um, about 
the gospel and mm-hmm. about going to church than yeah. I was anticipating. And she was asking me questions about what the culture is like, what the people are like. And it was super cool. And it's all just because I asked her, like, where, like, where are you from? What are you trying to cook? Yeah. And it wasn't because I brought a pulpit with me and a Bible. <laughs> and I was like, okay, in John chapter 17, <laughs> it was just, hey, like, what what's going on? I had asked her if I could be praying for her. But what was interesting is that she took it as, or I think maybe she heard me say, can I pray for you right now? Uh-huh. And it threw me off. I was like, oh, okay, I just want to pray right now. There's so, your pulpit. Yeah, yeah, there's my pulpit. Yeah. The thing is, that's crazy, is that the pulpit is wherever you go. Like, you Amen. are a vessel. Like, you are mm-hmm. an ambassador. Like, you don't need to have a mass amount of people around you just to talk yeah. to one person. Right. And that's insane. Like, you are a living and breathing representation of the kingdom of God. Amen. The people that we're around, if we when we encounter them, we might be the only representation of that that yeah. person mm. ever is willing to trust or even just comes across. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that negates the word where it says that God has made himself clearly evident, of course. Yeah. However, to have that deep personal trust with somebody, it matters what how we conduct ourselves as Christians and as more so just representation of God. I love that you talk about people are willing to engage in those personal moments and those things and it's easy sometimes you know in that when you're like the babysitting and you're talking about that you could just leave that out you could just leave out the church but because you brought in it was so natural and then yeah it went this whole other direction and both her and you were probably surprised (laughs) she didn't expect that to happen at the park and everything and i think sometimes though something that can hold us back from that is you talked about we touched on being in community college and then you went on to SCSU which is a very interesting space like it it's, it's not a christian school at it all it is a wild <laughs> space to be in very there the the harvest is ready yes mm. yeah yeah how did you work through to the point now where you're able to very naturally like just have a conversation with mm-hmm. someone that you don't have any idea what their background is or whatever where as you were growing and stuff and you're like, oh, these people are very different. How did you overcome that and see them just as a person to where you are now? I think in that space in particular of the SDSU community, um, something that was really challenging is that when I know that a lot of just public spaces are very like diversity, equity, inclusion, and Mm -hmm. that is like the top space for that is higher education, academia in general. Mm-hmm. And I was dealing with people who there was a, a person in my cohort or my class and during my master's program that was a witch. I had a person, mm-hmm. I had several people who were non-binary, were people were into tarot reading, people were gay, lesbians. It was, there was just a lot of different lifestyles. Yeah. And so trying to find the commonalities that we could share which was mainly school. That was where we began an and or so I thought. And one conversation in particular that really encouraged me was hearing from somebody at the time, like a mentor of sorts, was that I didn't need to be this big grandiose person, like always talking about God. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that more specifically is that I didn't need to force those interactions. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't need to force scripture in every single conversation because a lot of times my actions and how I treated people who were much different than me yeah. was going to speak louder than any scripture that those people would even be willing to hear. Mm-hmm. And so I think what 
ended up happening is the way that I spoke to people, I would listen first. Mm -hmm. That has become a key or core concept to how I approach evangelism, if you want to call it that. But really, it's just conversations with people. It's just another human talking to another human about the love of God and the kingdom of God. And so being able to listen and ask, hey, like, why do you think that? Or can you elaborate more on that for me? Now, granted, that doesn't mean I agree. That doesn't mean I endorse or or anything of that nature. But it has allowed me to connect with people. So for example, the one of my um, really good friends actually had the cohort who isn't a Christian, but we send cat pictures all the time because <laughs> I used to house it for That's her. Great. There have been conversations where I will mention like, hey, like I'm going to church tonight. Do you want me to pick up any groceries for you on my way back? I know that you're coming home. And that I would do that, that those days that she was coming back from her trip and just a way to subtly mention church. <laughs> and I would also ask, hey, is there any way that I can pray for you? And so bringing it up even in those ways too, which Of course, it wasn't a conversation that I brought up church like all of a sudden. It was just little things. Hey, I'm doing this. Do you want to join? Hey, I'm doing that. Do you want to come? I had her and another gal where we were all really good friends with each other. We would bring up different parts of our lives that were going on outside of school. Mm -hmm. And immediately after they would share something that was a little bit more of a heart issue, I would offer to pray for that. And I don't know if that ever did anything. It's okay if it doesn't. Like it's, yeah. it might be fruit that I just don't see in my lifetime. But one of the girls actually ended up telling me that she goes to church when she's back home. Nice. And I was like, I would have never known that. Yeah. Um, and going further, um, I worked for a person who was higher up in the school and um i was talking to her one day and i was telling her about how my weekend was and what i was doing i was like yeah i went to church and we had this type of class and i'm really interested in it and i'm just going on and so forth and she was like oh what church do you go to and i said foothills and she goes oh yeah i've heard about them (laughs) and i said oh are you familiar with them or what does that look like for you and she goes oh i'm a christian Mm -hmm. and i was like what? Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> yes. um, and she was telling me about the, the devotions that she does and things like that. But what was interesting about that, she was very hush-hush about mm. being a Christian because she is in a higher position. Her perspective was that I can be a Christian while I'm out of academia. I can't be a Christian while I'm in academia. Mm. And the thing about being a Christian is that you are a Christian no matter what. It's not a jacket that you can just take off when it's convenient. You are always on, even in your sleep. I think there's a lot of Christians out there that feel like that person high up in academia that you talked about where they feel like at work or maybe in their family or in certain friend groups that they have to be this hush-hush because they're scared of what's going to happen. What encouragement would do you have to someone who is afraid just to be themselves, as you said, Mm -hmm. because we are a Christian wherever we go. And we have to find a balance between the extreme of being hush-hush, don't let anyone know that I'm a Christian, versus the, I'm going to be on the lunch campus and just shouting scripture, right? Like, we find the balance. So, what would you say to someone who's more on that kind of fearful, just unsure side? Because I know you felt that too. Oh my gosh. A lot. Yeah, I would say this is like talking with two years looking back. This is not when I was in my first semester in grad school or first semester in community college. So I, I was there and I have a lot of empathy. I would tell them, I would take some time to explore why that matters so much of Mm. being seen a certain way Mm. ask the lord to reveal hey like we know lord 
I, I want to do this, but the you know, I think Paul says it greatly or perfectly, excuse me, like the very thing that I don't want to do, I do. And the mm. very thing that I should be doing, I don't. And that for some people might be sharing the gospel or they are sharing a very catered and tailored version of that for those around them so it's not offensive mm-hmm. what i would tell them is spend some time journaling or reflecting or asking other people to examine that with you what is so important about being seen a certain way or what is so important about not feeling bad or, or things like that and the answer is probably going to be very humbling because yeah. it, it was for me for me personally it was because i struggled with people pleasing mm. so badly and mm. that that, asking the Lord that ended up revealing a lot of other things that we had to work on. I would just say start there. Start with a simple question like, why is this so important to be seen a certain way? Yeah. And then secondly, just spend some time praying about it. Yeah. And I would say practically something that someone could do is maybe text somebody hey if you are thinking about them this is an mm-hmm. example this is how i started i texted the girl who i used to house it for i'm like hey thinking of you i just wanted to share the scripture with you really quickly and it was a short psalm and that was it mm-hmm. that's one really practical kind of you get to text them so you're not in person and it's easier <laughs> there's that separation yeah of, okay here you, here go. you go if you're um, mad i don't see you <laughs> yeah 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 and i they, she ended up loving it. She's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you were thinking about me. And I was yeah. like, I am, but so is the Lord. <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. So I would say start with that question. And it doesn't have to be a process that you rush through. Like it's going to take time because for me, it took several years to work through that stuff. And still there's some remnants that I'm still working through because there was a deeper thing going on besides wanting to be seen a certain way. Yeah. Something I don't, do you remember Mike Cook? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I miss yeah. him so much. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was doing um my counseling for a while. Mm-hmm. And something that he told me that was super powerful at the time and still now was that I don't need to be afraid of these people. Mm-hmm. Like they are just another human. In reality, they're probably scared to be confronted <laughs> with the truth yeah. about what's going on, like state of their soul, the state of their being, if you will. And he goes, why do you walk on campus like you're scared of something? Like like God has not given you a spirit of timidity at yeah. all. And so he just called out. I was like, this is not nice to tell me. I don't <laughs> want to hear this. But I was like, no, but it's true. Yeah. And so once I heard that and I, I wrestled with it, of course, like I wasn't just, you know what, Mike, you're so right. I, I was like, no. Yeah, it took me a while to be like, okay, I got this. Jesus, you've gone before me. You know what's going to happen. I was like, no, I don't need to be scared. I'm just going to go talk to this person. And I ended up talking to a gal who was a witch. Mm. And I didn't think she was a witch. Sheesh. Yeah, she had a lot of people like decorate. It's like my personal water bottle that I have here like with stickers stickers. yeah stickers Uh, I love a good sticker anyways uh, she had stickers all over her laptop that were like crystals and I was like oh like maybe she's just really into rocks or something (laughs) she's a geologist yeah she's in this program for some reason but she really likes rocks but I ended up talking to her and I was really scared of her because I was like oh she's dark like she's into all these just different things that are very demonic she wanted to be around me all the time like whenever there was an opportunity to be uh, partners on a paper she's like Sarah let's be I'm like no <laughs> like I don't maybe another time in another place yeah but I was like no like I get to be partners with this person who was created in the image of God Come think on. about that the God who made the stars of the universe who made Yosemite who made a little ducky or a little just these little cute creatures made this woman mm-hmm. and she is 
fearfully and wonderfully made just like I am. Yeah. And as soon as I realized that about her, I was like, oh my gosh, like I want her to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what I think, what I feel, what I have to say, that comes secondary. Everything about that comes secondary. What comes first is preaching the gospel and making sure that the will of God and the word of God goes forth and comes first. And it's not a very easy mindset to maintain (laughs) all the time. No. Um, And I ended up sharing parts of who I was and about the church um, in those conversations with her. I don't know, you know, if she took it to heart or anything, but I do know that I maintained a really good, I wouldn't say friendship, but like acquaintance. You know, I was thinking as you were talking, I was going to ask, because I know, and people can tell too, as you're talking, just how passionate you are. And you're also very opinionated, which I love. I'm very opinionated too. (laughs) And on fire. And on fire. There's a little heat in the studio, you guys. (laughs) So both you and I can really get going about stuff, which is so fun. (laughs) wild at times yeah but i was gonna ask you oh what do you do when there is someone who is very much in a different mm-hmm. frame and you feel that passion and you're like getting that fire of that's wrong and i think what you said though is the key to that is like remembering that they are a human created in the image of god just like me mm-hmm. and that also to just as you were talking and just get the sense of like you believe god is god And you trust him to be God. And yeah, we go through different valleys and mountains of that and having moments of where we're like, okay, is God going to come through? I don't know. Can I trust him? But ultimately, when you do know that God is God, you can trust that when you're out there in the world, when you're out there wherever, he's going to be with you. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to protect you. That doesn't mean you're never going to have any hardships or problems or suffering or pain. But God is with you because he is good, he is God, and he's way greater than any of the ideologies, any of the other things that people believe that are just so far from him and and so off. I think it's really interesting because I think we're living in a time where a lot of Christians are wanting to pull their children out of public schools. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's wrong or right, which of course, like there are things going on that are really just not okay. Um, And we should be calling out those things. But it almost seems in a sense that we're leave, we're evacuating a burning building mm. with people still inside. And we're the firefighters. Saved. And we're the firefighters. Yeah, some yeah. of us are the people in the building are as well. But yeah, yeah, I think a lot of us so are firefighters that are just like, okay, the building's condemned. It's okay to knock it down. Mm. But there are still people that are, wait, like, that are dying inside. And if you think about it, everybody that God has created is destined for hell unless we choose actively. It's a choice. It's a choice of the will to choose the lord it is an active and daily choice because you can make the you can make god your savior but it's a whole other thing and another conversation uh-huh. to make him your master they are saying some really wild stuff yeah. um and it got to the point where i was getting so overwhelmed i was thinking about dropping out and mm-hmm. my parents were not <laughs> really enthusiastic about that choice but they're like you know what pray about it and if you feel called to leave because the conversations or the material is too much if that's what you feel the lord is calling you to do then who are we to tell you no yeah. also because you're an adult so that, that helps <laughs> but 
I was like, okay, am I having the wrong approach mm. or the mindset when it comes to being in this class? What could I be doing? And sometimes I, I'm not condoning this, but when the when I knew the conversation was going to be something really heavy, specifically a lot of it was about sexuality, mm-hmm. and I would literally just hide an AirPod <laughs> in my ear, and I would just listen to Christian music. <laughs> I would still actively listen to the conversation. Uh-huh. My brain got like really good at this too. Wow. It was crazy. It's like it's my a, style, right? Yeah. There. So I would listen to the music and I would be praying in my mind, like, okay, Lord, be over, like, be over my ears, be over my eyes, be over my mouth, because I know I'm going to be dealing with things that are going to hurt physically, they're going to hurt spiritually, and they might leave some mark, but I... Lord, I just ask that you would cover me. And when I leave this room, I would leave my mind and my spirit would leave that stuff here because I don't need to take that with me and yeah. I don't want that. And so a lot of those conversations were very heavy. And a lot of times they just, for whatever reason, revolved around sex. It was hard to navigate. But yeah. once I started praying more, you guys, prayer is so powerful. <laughs> we should be praying. And I'm telling this really to myself. Like <laughs> when you start to pray over the big things and the small things, it is yeah. wild how the Lord comes through. But anyways, getting back to the main point, I I would start to speak certain things about I'm like yeah I, I can understand why let's just say uh, Sally I'm like Sally I can totally understand why you would feel that way given what your what your background is in that area and things like that yeah. I'm like have you ever considered this perspective mm. and that using that kind of phrasing not that exact phrasing but something similar yeah. led to a lot of great class conversation and my yeah. teacher would ask me about church I had people coming up after me so I laid up and I'm like oh it's 10 o'clock I want to go home because our classes were so late in the day um, and I was like okay no Lord, give me energy um, and I would talk about the Bible and I would talk to them about church sometimes I would have to hold my tongue because they would mock the Bible and I was like Lord, you better hold my tongue because I'm about to say something. (laughs) Classrooms a lot of times felt heavy, but when my mindset changed again to these people are made in the image of God. There you go. And the Lord is after their heart. If you think about in John, I think actually John chapter 17, Jesus, I think this is when he was in the garden and he left the disciples to go pray. Mm -hmm. And he was praying over people who hated him, who persecuted him and wanted nothing. Even though he's like the son of Mm -hmm. God, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. If you've seen another human being, you have seen the father's design. How can we live in such polarity of i'm going to live in my little christian world Mm -hmm. and they can just be over there doing their own thing on their way to hell i don't understand how we can live like that so i'm getting like a little bit sweaty because i'm getting really amped up but that is how i started viewing these people i'm like lord these people are so beautiful they bear the image of you how could i not share you and i know that may not look like opening up a Bible and (laughs) taking them next to a pulpit and getting a mass of people. But it really is in the everyday of finding something in common that could be the clothes that you like, that could be if you like going to the same coffee shop, if you have stickers on your water bottle (laughs) or your laptop, really just finding those little things. Like It's not... I think a lot of times it's really easy when you think of the word evangelism to think that it's this really big, verbose situation but really it is in the smallest thing it is in the hi how are you how's your day yeah oh i like that band too or i like this i don't know carpet i'm I'm looking (laughs) at the carpet below (laughs) i don't know who would say that but somebody who's like really into carpets would yeah it's really that simple you don't need to take a master class in evangelism yeah it would be helpful probably to talk to somebody who's well versed in that but (laughs) it's not as overcomplicated as in, in reality like the christian walk is not um, something that is unobtainable. It right. is. Yeah. It's 
hard in some ways because that is our flesh. He was, I don't want to do that because I don't want to do that. But in reality, I don't want to, honestly, there have been days I'm like, I am too shy to go and talk. And I love talking to people. Or annoyed. Yeah. I'm like, oh Lord, you're just going to have to love them really hard (laughs) because I don't right now, but I need to. But it, it really is in the everyday conversations. And it's honestly like when I asked the Lord to help me love people who were different or difficult or I have a very sensitive nose this is going to sound like a really weird tangent <laughs> but like there have been people I yeah I can I, I don't know it's really weird but there have been times where someone just did not smell great there was no like Gucci or like really nice Prada scent it was just like no Chanel number no, five no Chanel number five it was just straight body odor and I was like Lord I know I need to go talk to this person but they just don't smell good Um, and I know that sounds really come on Sarah that's silly but like really it is like it's people who are different than us who talk different you know something that I was thinking about and we we talked about at the the Y the other day Mm -hmm. what are you gonna do if let's say a trans person who Mm -hmm. is whatever their gender at birth is and now they they choose to identify as something else not saying I agree with it I'm just saying like that's how it's worded what if they walk into church one day is no one going to sit next to them is no one going to say hi hello like you know how are you welcome to if it's foothills if it's the rock if it's whatever church what is that going to look like are we going to be ready to love that person as they are and also for who we know the lord has called them to be preston spreckle i can't think of the, the the guy's name but this is a man who identifies as a woman now who used to be really involved in the church mm-hmm. yeah. it was a great interview preston spreckle is actually a really great resource yeah. for christians wondering about how to talk to people who are dealing with their sexuality mm-hmm. but i was just thinking a man reached out to a church who preston interviewed and he said hey someone invited me to your church is it okay if I come? Because I Mm -hmm. don't want to cause anyone to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I was like, what would I do if I saw, especially if I didn't grow up or have exposure to people who were that different than me, Mm -hmm. what would I do? Yeah. And to be honest, like, I want to say I would love them, but no, like I know myself enough to like, I probably would be very like, hi, uh, (laughs) I'm going to say hi and then quickly walk away. But that's in my flesh. But that person guess what? was also made in the image of God. And when we show up ready to love them, I'm not saying we ignore what's going on, but ready to just invite them to partake in the truth, to partake in the kingdom of God. It is such a different approach. Because Christian, what are you going to do if someone comes to your Bible study or comes across your path Mm -hmm. and they are totally different? What will your response be? And I guarantee you it's probably not going to be the flattering answer you're telling (laughs) yourself like it was for me. But yeah, it's listening to those conversations in class really helped me understand how to address different topics. It grew my tool belt of, I don't know what I would call it, but just a tool belt of how to evangelize or just how to talk. And that's really what evangelism is. It's just sharing Jesus. Yeah, It's not this overcomplicated. I mean, I feel like you just encaptured mm. like a lot of what is talked about every week on the podcast is the fact that it's, you know, sharing the Lord is not this grandiose thing. You don't need a pulpit. You just need you and the Lord and depending on Him. And I think just so much of what you shared just came out of you seeking the Lord and asking Him for His heart, for His vision. I say all the time, it's the fruit of His Spirit, not the fruit of mine, (laughs) because I don't usually have those things sometimes, but it, it comes out of Him. It comes out of His heart. And if we can see people like He does, 
it changes the game. It changes mm. the approach. It changes how we talk to people and what we do with people and how we can be effective and just love them. Yeah. And it can be fun doing that. And I just appreciate too just how vulnerable you were yeah. and how you shared all the little funny things <laughs> and <laughs> someone smelling and because that's real. Yeah. And we all oh, it was every- real. <laughs> Like my nose picked it up <laughs> on a scale. <laughs> yeah. Those moments are so real and we all have those. If it's not smell, it's something else, right? Yeah. Like we all have these things and the Lord cuts through all of that. And th- that's wonderful that he does because that's how he found a lot of us yeah. or our parents that resulted in us coming to him or whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. He looks through those things and he does, he sees the heart, he sees our soul, he sees that hunger and that desire for truth that everybody's looking for, especially the younger <laughs> generations because yeah. there's so much confusion out there. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love to just close with you just praying um, for us and praying specifically, I mean, pray however you want, as I know you will, but I'd love for you to pray too, just that we would get a picture of others yeah, yeah. the way God sees us, because I feel like you just had that exhuming out of you. <laughs> Yeah. One thing I will say just before I I start to pray is that eternity is now. Like we are born, but like eternity has already existed. Yeah. Yeah. And so what are we doing right now about that? Yeah. And it's, we're all destined to go somewhere for eternity. And it's so unloving to withhold the good news and have people just pass us by straight to hell. And I know that sounds very like hellfire and brimstone, but that is the reality of our depraved nature is that we are selfish in our own ambition. And it is an active choice to to die to the self, to die to our flesh and choose the Lord. But not once have I ever regretted saying yes to the Lord, nor what he has called me to do, even if that means sacrificing certain things or not going out and doing certain things. Like I, that's been a huge argument too, is if I become a Christian, I have to give up so much, but it's no, what you get mm-hmm. is so much greater Amen. than what whatever loss you're thinking of. Amen. Yeah. 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 Let's go ahead and pray. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> okay. Lord, we just, we welcome you into this space. Lord, I I thank you for just this wonderful conversation and for all the laughs. God, I pray that you would be over people that have just been considering you, the people on a college campus or in a preschool uh, or in um, a a factory worker, Lord, I don't know why there's a lot of that, but just people who are considering what it would be like to know you and to just finally say yes, because that yes, Lord, makes all the difference on this life and in the next. God, I pray that you would birth a courage for the Christian that is struggling or that finds it hard to share you for one reason or another. Lord, would you give them a boldness that they have never known before that is uncontainable because it is from you, Jesus. You are a good God and you provide for your kids. Just like Moses, and he was like, what am I going to tell Pharaoh? And he's like, don't worry about it. I got you. Like, just <laughs> go. Yeah. Lord, and it is as simple as just going sometimes. Like we, we may fumble, we may stutter, but Lord, 
you're able to move past that and through that to get to the heart of the message for what a person needs. Lord, as people's souls are panting for you, Lord, just like you, like your word says in the Psalms, Lord, we need to be able to provide a reason for the hope that is within us. Lord, and you are our hope. You are our foundation. You are our saving grace. I pray that there would just be a fire set in the spirits and in the minds of Christians mm. to just go out and preach the good news, whether that's in a simple conversation <laughs> or on a pulpit or somewhere in between, but that they would be ready to love someone who looks different as soon as they walk in the doors, that they wouldn't shy away, but they would walk right up to them and say, hi, what's your name? And let me tell you about my life and all the difference that Jesus has made. God, I pray for those who are just in a, a radically different mindset that are hostile towards you. Would you begin to just send people so much in their way? They're like, okay, I have to go to a church or I have to just look something up because this is different. Lord, would we be marked by that difference? Because all of it is you. It's not about us. Nothing that we do is us making the difference. Lord, it is all through you. It's you through us, Jesus. Lord, would we be vessels that carry your word rightly, Father, not mixed with our own opinions and biases, but that it would just be straight and pure you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for today. I ask that you just bless Kevin as well as he's on vacation. <laughs> Lord, would he come home safely? And we just thank you for how good and how much you love us. In your son's name we pray. Amen. 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 I'm sure today that the Lord probably highlighted someone to you and you might be thinking about them, and maybe the Lord even gave you an idea of what to do. So get out there, go for it, and remember, you are sent.